Good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope you guys are having a fantastic Tuesday morning. Um, welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show. My name's Eddie D. I hope you guys are doing well on this morning. Um, so grateful that you guys are, um, are up with me this morning as we are just celebrating Jesus and um, hoping that, you know, we're getting a great start off to our day. Um um, I, I'm so thankful again, once again, just to be able to have this platform, be able to sit down with you guys for two hours. We'll be on from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. this morning. Um, and so certainly glad to be able to be among you guys and hope that we're able to give you just um, a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of aspiration on today to be able to move forward and do what we are called to do um, throughout our day on this morning. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Thank you so much for the likes already. I do appreciate that. Um Go ahead and keep those likes up and kick those likes up. But um, we're just grateful um, for those who don't know. Um, Hurricane Adalia swept through the southeast um, and we were directly affected. Um, and as a result, the last um, uh, Thursday, last Thursday and Friday, um, we had to cut the, um, the show short from being on at all. Um, and to God be the glory. You know, everybody's safe. Everybody's well. The house is fine. Um, we just didn't have power for a couple of days, but, you know, we were able to get through it all, um, by the grace and mercy of God. And so we're just grateful, um, for, uh, for your prayers. We're thankful for your, um, uh, for your words of concern, um, that we saw last week. Um, and just grateful that God thought in our robbery to allow us to be able to come back today. Um, so just grateful to be here, grateful to be among us today and grateful that you guys are willing to share with us and, and give us the opportunity to be able to just to walk with you guys on today. Um, and yeah, man, I'm just, I'm so happy. Just so, so happy um, that we're here on today and what today we're going to be, uh, we're going to, um, what I want to do is going to open up with prayer and then we're going to jump into a biblical literacy exercise um, in, in answering the question, does God condone slavery? Um, and we'll talk about that in greater detail in just a moment, but I want to start us off with prayer. Um, and we're going to start it off right now. Gracious heavenly father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We're thankful God that you thought it not robbery to give us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. We're thankful that you woke us up this morning. We're thankful for the use and activities of our limbs. We're thankful for our families, thankful for our, uh, for everything that you have given us, Lord God, we're just thankful and give your name all praise, glory, and honor for it. We thank you most importantly for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and rose again, that we may be ha able to have communion with you, uh, that we may have the Holy Spirit resting and residing in us, Lord God, um, and that you have given us the space to be able to worship you on this platform. We're asking God that every word that's said today, that every person that enters the chat on today, um, that we are all just edifying one another in a mighty and powerful way. We're thankful so, so much from the bottom of our hearts that you give it, have given us a heart of flesh to be able to worship you, to love you, to serve you. And we're asking that you just continue just to be a blessing upon us in a mighty and powerful way. Strengthen our inner man that we may be able to walk this walk of faith and be able to do so with delight as well as duty uh, so that we may be able to Declare ourselves uh, the children of God as we walk around this world 
uh, being the light that shines in the dark spaces that others may grow to love you as we do, may grow to bless you as we do, may grow to serve you as we do. Lord God, we ask a special blessing upon those who have been uh, directly impacted and affected by Hurricane Adalia, uh, that you uh, just shower down your mercies and your grace upon all uh, who have been affected by God and that you just continue to, to, to let them know that you are God, that you see all, that you know all, and that you are with us every step of the way. Uh, and, and just continue just to be a blessing upon us, Lord. Be with anyone who's going through any struggle, any issue, any problem on today. Uh, we're declaring today, Lord God, that, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Our souls are eternally secure in you, despite any circumstance that may be going on, Lord God. Um, and we block away any thought or any imagination that is not like you. Uh, any person or thing that is trying to turn us away from who you are, Lord, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so we're asking that you just keep our minds stayed on you, uh, that we press towards your mark, uh, that we seek first the kingdom, that we seek those things that are above as we are reminded by the Holy Spirit that we abide in you as you in us and that we love because you first loved us. We're so thankful and give your name all praise, glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Huh? Check the mic. Mic's low. Okay. All right. Love you too. All right. Love you too. Hi, baby. All right. Um, can y'all hear me now? Do I need love? Do I need to speak up? Is that what's going on now? Like, can you hear me now? Because I'm, I'm, I, I got a loud voice, but I try to be quiet because I talk a little loud. Um, so just let me know. Um, in the chat box, if um, if the mic is too low, just let me know. I'm gonna sit it right here. Maybe that may make a difference. I'm not sure. I'll just let y'all just holler at your boy and let me know. Um, but today, um, what we're going to get into this morning um, is a biblical literacy exercise. Um, um, what's going on, Chocolate Princess? What's going on? And thank you, um, Nicole. Thank you for letting me know. Um, so, what we're gonna get into today is a exercise in biblical literacy. As I talked to you guys uh, a couple of weeks prior, before the morning show even began, um, I stated that there were eight, um, eight things that we, seven things rather, that we as Christians have to consider when reading the Bible. Um, that one of the biggest challenges and hurdles that we have to deal with as, um, as believers is that we don't know how to read our Bibles. We don't know how to really dive into our text in such a way to where we understand what the text is telling us. I'm gonna do a quick drive-by of the eight principles that I um, that um, that I use when I'm reading the Bible, so that we can unpack this question: Does God condone slavery? So here are the eight tenets. Um, one, we have to have the Holy Spirit because only the Holy Spirit is going to reveal truth. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you're not in, in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are not going to understand the Scriptures. It's really that simple. First, if our first Corinthians chapter two says, you know, these things have been revealed by the spirit. So if you do not have the Holy Spirit, if you do not have a relationship with the Lord, you are not going to understand what these texts are trying to say, um, because you're going to be always be bringing our um, our um, our thoughts and our minds and our perspectives to the text rather than allowing the spirit to talk to us about what the text is um, ourselves. Um one second. 
All right. Um, so that's number one. Number two, Jesus is the key to unlocking the meanings to the, of the scriptures. Um, through, from Genesis to Revelation, the scriptures is talking about the gospel. The scripture is talking about Jesus. And so you have to, so you have to keep in mind that even though there are 66 different books, they're all telling one story, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you got to know the gospel. You got to know Christ and you got to know what God is up to in order to understand what the text is trying to say. We have to recall that chapters and verses were written after what were, were, were adopted in the Bible after um, after the Bible had been already written and canonized. So we're talking 1200 and 1500 1200s were when the chapters were when the um, when the books were broken up into chapters. And in the 1500s was when the Bible was broken up into verses. And so these original texts were not written as chapters and verses. They were written as long narrative forms and they stretched out throughout the entire um and they stretched out throughout the entire um the entire bible um their entire book and so again those things were written in long form and that helps us to understand the text all the more uh we got to realize that we're reading different texts all together so you have your historical narratives you have poems you have um wisdom text you have literature you have allegory you have um prophecy you have um songs, you have letters. And so these things that are, are, are important to understand when you're reading Genesis is going to read different from Psalms. When you're reading Psalms, it's going to read different from Proverbs. When you read Proverbs, it's going to read different than, um, than say, a letter that Paul wrote to 1 Corinthians. And even 1 Corinthians is a different type of letter than the letter that he wrote um, to, um, to Philemon. Um, context matters. So your ver the verses that you have the verses are not alone. They have verses before it and verses after it. And so you have to understand the context in which your verse that you're looking at is being written. And you got to think about the context of the time in which this thing was written, that we live in 2023. This Bible, this Bible and the books thereof were written way before us. And so that ties into a whole different thing. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, language and meaning. So we we have a word, right? And that word can have a multitude of meanings. Back in the Hebrew, they had different words for the different meanings that we have. And so although our word love, for example, seems to cover a whole lot of stuff, back in those times, they had philos, they had uh, phileo, they had um, eros, they had agape, they had... Um, and, and, and all sorts of other different words that meant a different type of love. And so although we think of what love is just one thing, they had five, six different words for love, for the different types of love that we can express. Brotherly love, romantic love, um, servant love. Um, you know, there was all different types of loves that they had in their text. And so that matters when looking at the text in the scriptures. Um, so, um Seven, again, where is Jesus in this? Like, how does Jesus and the gospel narrative fit in what I'm reading today? How does it fit? And we have to understand and unpack how that fits. Lastly, the Bible cannot mean for us what it did not mean for them. Cannot mean for us today what it did not mean for them back then. A lot of times we try to apply our the, the text as if it's talking directly to us. 
Um, and even though it does, it is talking to us. It, the, the words themselves were written for different people in a different time. The principles are timeless, but we cannot apply new things in terms of like, you know, trying to add a 20th century flair to, um, to words that were written to a different people. And so when it's so again, you know, when it's talking about um, different things that are in scripture, we cannot apply um, new ideas to timeless concepts because if it doesn't mean for for them what it's mean what we're trying to make it mean for us then that's not biblical that's not scriptural good morning liberty how you doing so having said all of that and again that was a drive-by that was a that was a quick little drive-by for like a 10-minute drive-by of sorts i want to use those principles to answer this question um and i'm answering this question um, and my wife and I, you know, been talking about it for a while. I've been going to God and praying about it for a while. I didn't want to come on here and, um, and, you know, just kind of rattle off and try to, you know, make somebody feel like I'm trying to, you know, bash them or trying to go in on somebody. What I want to do today is I want to show us what happens when we are, you know, applying the principles of biblical literacy to tackle difficult texts. And to tackle difficult topics. Over the course of the past several weeks now, I've had this same question kind of be rattled off by three or four different people um, over the course of um, the lives that I've been on. And the question is simply, does God condone slavery? Um, now, well, I'm not here to try to debate anybody. And so I'm going to answer the question, but I'm not answering the question to try to one-up anyone. What I want to do is I want to show the picture that God has uh, in terms of, you know, his love and his affection and his dedication to who to us, the character and the nature of God by answering the question, does God condone slavery? Now, the short answer to that question is no, he does not condone slavery. And uh, what people will automatically point to is Exodus 21 um, and they will point to um, uh, uh, the book of Deuteronomy. I'm not sure what verses those are um, because I, I can go back and scroll and see. But they'll also point to other different parts of the Bible that say that God condones slavery. And so, again, you have to understand that slavery back then um, in, in the Israelite nation is a completely different concept compared to the slavery that we're accustomed to when we think particularly about the African slave trade, um, 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 the transatlantic slave trade from 1619 all the way to, eight, you know, to the 1800s. That is a totally different type of slavery that, um, that, we, that, 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 that Israel did not endorse. But don't take my word for it. Let's dive into the scriptures to figure this out for ourselves. The first thing that I wanted to, the first thing that I want to um, want to do is to ask is to ask the question, you know, so let's go to Exodus 21. Exodus 21 and verse 2 says this. I can get to it. Exodus 21. Come on, fingers. Come on, fingers. Come on, fingers. But I get to put lotion on today. I got butter fingers today. All right. Exodus 21 and 2. 
When you buy a Hebrew slave, he shall serve six years, and in the seventh year he shall go free for nothing. If he comes in single, he should go out single. If he comes in married, then his wife should go out with him. Um, if his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out alone. But if the slave plainly, plainly says, God, words, I love my master, my wife, and my children. I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to God, and he shall bring him to the door of the doorpost, and his master shall board in his ear through with an awl, and shall be um, his slave forever. Um, when a man sells his wife, his, uh, swells his daughter as a slave, she shall not go out as the male slaves do. She does not please her master who has designated her for himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. He shall have no right to sell her to a foreign people since she has broken faith with her, since he has broken faith with her. He designates her for his son. He shall deal with her as, a, as with the daughter. If he takes another wife to himself, he shall not diminish her food, her clothing, or her marital rights. If he does not do these things, these three things for her, she shall go out for nothing without payment or money. All right. So, um, when initially reading those verses, when, in, when initially reading those verses, what we have to understand and, 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 and dissect is, you know, the question, if God condones, is the, oh my God, words, does God condone slavery? If God condones slavery, then when we go back to Exodus chapter two, why then would God um, be so bent on getting his own people out of slavery, right? So when we go to Exodus chapter two, we see, In verse 23, during those many days, the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned, um, uh, groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. So. What I did is I went to Bible Hub. Bible Hub is one of the best resources um, to look for the depths of the meanings of the words themselves, the words in the Bible themselves, um, as it comes originally from the Hebrew, as it comes from the Greek. Um, now, um, with the Hebrew, there is a a a um, a a common, uh, not a commentary, but a Hebrew dictionary called Strong's. And Strong's is one of the most exhaustive concordances you are ever going to find that talks about the different types of words um, that the Hebrew language writes when it comes to, um, you know, the words in the text. Now, again, our English translations are limited compared to the compared to the Hebrew. And so in the Hebrew text, you have different different um, different. Um, derivatives of the same word. And so you may have a base word, but then you have different offshoots of that same word, different offshoots of the same thing. And so what often happens is, you know, we'll see the same word being said over and over and over again. But if you read it in the Hebrew, those different accents and those different letters and different letter rings make all the difference in the world as to what a, what, um, what a, Text is actually trying to say to us.
And that matters because, again, if you don't know what you're if you don't know that there's a different version of this word, you will think that God is allowing the same thing that happened in one spot to happen in another. And that's simply not so. In Exodus chapter two, the um, well, let me let me say this first. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I got it right here. In Exodus chapter two, the word that's used for slavery is Abadah. And this is a derivative of the word of Abad, which is um, to be a laborer. And in, in Abadah um, is a derivative, is the derivative, and it means labor as a captive. Labor as a captive. And so in that space, God in chapter two sees that his people are being held captive and says, I don't condone this. I do not want this for my people and I am going to set them free from the bondage that they are currently in because this is not what I condone. I do not endorse this type of behavior. I do not endorse this type of of, of manual labor at the expense of a person's soul, at the expense of a person's livelihood, at the expense of a person's well-being. This I do not condone. This I do not, I cannot abide with. And that, again, is the derivative um, called Abada. Um, I think I'm saying that right. I, or it might be Aboda. Um, don't quote me on that. I forgot to look that part up. But anyway, it's, again, the um, labor as a captive, right? Now, if you go to... Exodus chapter 21, verse 2, when it talks about being a slave in that particular text, that is a different form of the word. Again, the original word is um, is, um, is abad, but the, uh, the text in that case is, is ebed, or rather abed. Um, and both of them mean servant of a household. Servant of a household. And so in that particular case, it's talking about the, the original form of the text being abad, working for someone else as a hired hand. Abed, the derivative of that, it means being a hired worker for a household, which means that there's someone who's running a house or someone who's running an estate, and they are hiring laborers to work the estate in various different ways. We got to remember... Um, Specialties were not a thing back in the um back in uh you know BC, and so you didn't have jobs like we have them today. But they had jobs nonetheless. Mostly it was agriculture, you know, farming, you know, taking care of the house, you know, making sure people are um fed, washing dishes, that sort of thing. Everybody had something to do. And people would hire out people to literally work the land to, you know, take care of the house and those sort of things. And these were ways in which people were taken care of. They were paid. Um, these were all skilled. They, these were all this was a labor force, not a slavery unit. This was like the way then in the way in which we would think. So, again, I'm saying that to say a bed is a derivative of a bod. But it's mean to it's meant to um, it's meant to mean hired worker, skilled worker, skilled laborer, um, a hired hand. 
compared to Exodus chapter two, when it talks about being a slave, a cat being a slave by virtue of being captive, being held captive. God does not endorse slavery as it pertains to captivity. Furthermore, it goes into the book of Deuteronomy when it says, if you have people that you've captured, you treat them as slaves, but don't treat them as the other nations would treat them. You treat them the same way that you would treat people that are in your nation, that are in your land. You take care of your people. You hire them out to be, you know, again, the workers and the laborers in these different, in these, in your, in, your, in the fields and that sort of thing, but you hire them out. And so again, does God condone slavery? No, he doesn't. Not the slavery in which we interpret it to be. It's not a chattel, it's not a chattel service. Rather, it is a um it is a labor force that we go and we go and we seek and we hire out, and in doing so, you know, we allow people to work in the homes, work in the fields, that sort of thing for a for a for a for a for a, uh, for a wage. Uh, for 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 it's a it's a again a labor force much like if we had managers we have bosses who we who we're working with to further um to further unpack this if we go into the New Testament in First Peter chapter two give me a second. Do, do, do. Let my fingers do some walking. Do some walking. Should have marked this up is what I should have done. Here we go. First Peter chapter two, start at verse. First Peter chapter two, starting at verse 18. Servants be subject to your masters with all respect. Not only to the good and to gentle, the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when mice also suffered for you, leaving it for you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in the body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you are straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. What he's saying in this particular text here is that God of call context that matters. He's talking to exiles. He's talking to people who live in different lands than in Israel. And so they're not so these other different nations are not um are not privy to, nor do they follow any rules that Israel might have set for themselves to be a distinct nation um, and they're and living by living by the way that they want to live. As a result of that, there's a recognition that you might end up working for somebody who is a terrible boss. You may end up working for somebody who is a terrible master as, a, um, as you are serving him. But regardless, you serve as God has, um, has allowed you specifically in the word servant, because that word is, um, is interpreted in the King James, a slave. That word is um, um, okayo or okio, and that word is household slave, household servant. That word comes from a derivative of oikos, um, which means to dwell, 
to dwell in this place, to dwell in this house, home. And so an, an, an okio is a household slave, a household servant. And in this text, again, it's saying that this is a hired hand. This isn't somebody who's beaten. This isn't somebody who's whipped. This isn't somebody who is bruised. This isn't somebody who is broken. And as a result of that, you know, again, that is not saying that God condones the type of slavery that we think about when we go back to 1619 in the African slave trade. That is not what God endorses. God endorses us working, but he does not endorse us being forced into labor or forced into um, slavery us being forced into labor or forced into um, slavery or forced into a type of manual service or manual um, labor that would cause us to then, you know, be, um, be bruised or to be brutalized in any type of way. And so, again, what are we saying in all of this? You know, because God, again, because people, again, ask the question, does God condone slavery? And the answer is simply no. He does not condone slavery. Not in the, not, not the, not the type of slavery that we are, that we are, you know, accustomed to, to knowing about in our day and age. The problem with a lot of us today is that we want so badly to point, to paint God in this light to give us a, give us reason and give us cause to not want to um to be to be in lockstep relationship with him. A lot of us have a tendency to want God to be um the type of God that we want him to be. And so we find anything that we can to say that's why I don't worship him or that's why I don't follow him because you know I don't um I don't um I don't believe that God will allow that a good God would allow these things to happen. So once again, when we look in our text, when we look in our, um, when we look and study the text, we see that, you know, again, God is not talking about, you know, um, owning people or trying to, you know, um, force people into, 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 into labor. What he's calling, you know, slavery in this time frame is talking about a hired hand. A hired hand. And again, all one has to do is study the different derivatives of the text themselves. Because once again, what we do is we look at a word and we just say that that's the end all be all. But for us as believers, we have to do our due diligence and look at the different derivatives of the words being used. Because again, the word slavery in Exodus chapter 2 is a totally different word, a totally different derivative than what we see in Exodus 21. And if you look at the different derivatives, you see that God does not condone the type of slavery where we're talking about how, where we're talking about forcing people into slave in, in um in the servitude. No, rather what we're saying is we that what we're, what God is saying is that with the type of slavery that that we're talking about is a workforce, a labor force. And this labor force is to, is such to where um, you are a hired hand, hired hand, meaning that you are supposed to be paid. You are supposed to be taken care of. You are supposed to be treated fairly, treated kindly, treated with respect. And even though you do live in the master's house, that it is not a means of you being forced to do anything that you are, that you, that you don't want to do. And that is the character and the nature of God. Because if you look at um, Ephesians chapter 6, 
Ephesians chapter 6 says these words here. Uh, Galatians. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is bond servant or is free. Masters do the same to them. And stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. And so, what God is saying to them, saying to them, is the same thing that God is saying to us. That that word bond servant is not talking about the type of slavery that we are accustomed to. Looking at back, looking again at sixteen nineteen in the African slave trade. It is talking about literally a labor force. That masters in this text is talking about managers, talking about bosses, talking about CEOs, talking about you know people who are in charge of other people. Bond servants are talking about your labor force, the people that are under you, the people that are working for you, the people that are hired out to you. That is what it's referring to. And in that space, Servants and masters are to have the type of relationship that is a reflection of the character and the nature of God in the relationship that he has with us as we are servants of righteousness, slaves of righteousness, no longer slaves to sin, no longer slaves to bondage, but slaves to righteousness, slaves of God, servants of God, servants of righteousness. Um, I think it's Matthew chapter 20. He paints, yeah, paints this picture for us. Um, Matthew chapter 22. Paints this picture here. The kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into the vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, um, "Go, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those who hired about the 11th hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now, when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled as the ma- the ma- at the master of the house, saying, Those last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day in the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for denarius? Did you not agree with uh, Did Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to, I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? 
So the last will be first and the first last. And so what he's saying in this text, what he's saying in this text is that, again, slavery back then does not mean the same thing that we think of when we think of slavery as it pertains to 1619 moving forward. And so, again, the type of slavery that we are upset about is the same type of slavery that God himself is upset about when you look at Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2 describes the type of slavery that in 1619 we are upset about. And if we go and look at the text and look at the different derivatives of the word itself, we will see that God does not endorse the type of slavery that we think of when we see the word slave in this text and, and, and try to t- attach it to um, 1619 as a justification for, um, for the character and nature of God. God does not condone slavery. He does condone people working for other people, but he also condones, he also um, endorses, you know, masters, managers, bosses, CEOs, taking care of their people, taking care of the people that, um, that, they, that, that, they, that they are in charge of. And it's evident today. It's, it's so evident, more so than in any other generation because, you know, the advent of TikTok and all that. But, you know, we've been dealing with this since all the time, right? Like, you have bosses who are just jerks. They're mean, they're nasty, they're hostile. Sometimes will make us do more than we're supposed to. Will threaten us with write-ups and this, that, and the third. You know, thinking about, you know, I have a kid that's out, you know, sick or something, and we want so badly to take care of them. You know, but the boss says, well, if you leave, I'm going to have to write you up because, you know, you can't, I can't let you just go, you know, because if I let you go, then I got to let other people go. They kids get sick and stuff. And it's like, dude, but my kid's sick. What am I supposed to do? You know, sometimes we have a situation that happens and, you know, there's no compassion. You know, we get, sometimes we get skimped out of our money. You know, we get skimped out of the, the, the dollars that we're supposed to be making. We're not allowed to work overtime, only get 30 minutes for a lunch that sort of thing, like these things happen and they are indicative of what God is saying in Exodus chapter two. Like when you put people in position where they're being forced to do things that they shouldn't do and or you're not taking care of your people, that is what hurts us. That is what that and that is something that God does not endorse. Now, again, what God says in Exodus 21 is a stark contrast to what he says in Exodus chapter two given the derivative of the word slave, given the derivative of the word servant. In that case, what God is saying is take care of your labor force. Take care of the people that you have hired to take care of your things. You know, if you're in a position where you can hire servants and hire slaves, then you take care of them. You make sure that they are good. You make sure that they're well off. That is a stark contrast, stark difference than what we see happening in Exodus chapter 2 in the very beginning of the book. And again, for us as believers, we can we would do a better job of understanding the difference if we understood and studied our Bibles. And so I'm saying all of this to say two things. One, the character and nature of God is such to where, as we are servants of righteousness, slaves of righteousness to him, God is... Um, God, God desires to take care of his people. 
and he desires that the relationship that we have with our bosses, the, 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 the relationship that we have with our employers, and the relationship that our employers have with us is a reflection of the character and nature of God where God is taking care of his people. We as, as servants, as workers, as employees to our bosses are to work on our jobs with integrity, with character, as if we are working to God because our work and our labor is a reflection of the character and nature of our relationship with God, that, are, that we are to serve our bosses as if we are serving the Lord. Um, that we are to serve our bosses in such a way to where we allow that light of God to shine in us. Even if our bosses mistreat us, even if they treat us, you know, like dung sometimes, even if they act as if they are, you know, the masters and commanders of the universe and just want to do things the way that they want to do. And so we have to be so mindful and so careful that we are doing what God would call us to do and work our jobs with integrity and work our jobs with character as it's prescribed in the text, as it's prescribed in, um, in um, Exodus 21, and as it is said in, you know, 1 Peter chapter 2 and um, Ephesians chapter 6. We are to work our jobs, work in our spaces as we are working, to, as if we are working to the Lord to be the reflection in the world of how we are to do our, our, our to live our lives in such a way that allows us to be able to be the sons and the daughters of God. Likewise, if you are a boss, if you are a manager, if you are a CEO, if you are, you know, in charge of people in any type of way, you are to treat people with care. You are to care about their souls. You are to care about their hearts, care about their well-being, care about their, you know, their, their finances. How many, how many, how much have we seen just in the past, in, in American culture, you know, in the past two or three years, people are like, no, we need a living wage. We ain't taking this minimum wage crap. We're not doing this. And how many bosses we see complain, oh, well, if I have to pay you $15 an hour, that's just going to make all of my dollars disappear. That is the crap that God is talking about in Exodus chapter two. Like, no, you're not. That's not how that works. We are to take care of our people. If you a living wage will allow people to be able to prosper and do well and have you know, have things they should have, then why are you in your callousness, master, manager, boss, CEO, unwilling to love your slave? When you hire somebody off um, to be, you know, a part of the labor force and be a part of the workforce, you take care of your people. That is what God is, that is what God does. And when they're doing the things that we, that we're, um, that we're at, study these texts, when we're reviewing these texts, when we're, you know, when we're, you know, disseminating the word of God to our people, no, not even disseminating the word of God to our people. When we are digging into these scriptures, that we look in the text and we look at what the text is telling us. And as we look at what the text is telling us, we ask ourselves the question, what is God up to in this text? What is God up to in this language? What is God up to when he is looking at these things? And as a result, ask the question, you know, what, what is it that God is trying to portray here? And in this, he's trying to portray the character and the nature that God has with his people. And as a result, he is trying to lovingly lead us and guide us in such a way to where we are reflecting his love and reflecting his grace and reflecting his kindness into the world that we into the world that we live in so that people will then glorify God as we do. So what am I saying in all of this again? We have to study our word 
We have to study this text in order to understand what it is that God is up to. Uh, for a lot of us, we tend to not study the word um, and we just kind of take the word blindly. We don't dig into the scriptures. I am so thankful for to God for the technology that we have today. You don't have to be a Rhodes Scholar. You don't have to have gone to seminary school in order to understand the meanings of the language of the text. Bible Hub, once again, is one of the best resources that we could ever have to better unpack the word, to better unpack scripture. Excuse me. And just through unpacking the text, we find we find that the word slave has different derivatives, different derivatives over the course of scripture. And so just because it says the word slave in one area does not mean that it's meaning the same thing everywhere else. So we have to dig into the word and look at the different derivatives to understand and unpack what it is that's being said when we see these words showing up time and time again. Because our language is limited compared to the language of the Hebrew. If we look and see the different derivatives, slave as it means in Exodus chapter 2 is different than what it means in Exodus chapter 21 and in the book of Deuteronomy. Um, labor force um, is different um, you know, in Exodus chapter 2 as it is in, um, in say, the New Testament when we look at um, you know, 1 Peter chapter 2 and Ephesians chapter 6 as well as Matthew chapter 20. If we understand and unpack that, it will help us to have a better understanding of what God was up to and to understand the character and the nature of God. God has always been in the business of taking care of his people, without question, without fail. He's always been in the business of taking care of his people. And so we, hey, Floppy, what's up? Um, we, we have to be in the business of making sure that we are taking care of ours and we're taking care of our people. If God puts us in charge of, of, of people, no matter whether you're working five folk, 20 folk, 100 folk, 10,000 folk, take care of your people. If you are a master to a servant force, a manager to a workforce, a manager of managers, if you're a CEO, take care of your people. For the way in which you take care of people is a reflection of the character and the nature of God. And the character and nature of God is such where he is always taking care of his people, always taking care of our souls, always taking care of our well-being in so much that, you know, Christ died and rose again, that we may have our peace eternally secure in him. We may have our liberty eternally secure in him, our purpose eternally secure in him. And as we are following God, as we are following Christ, as we are, you know, binding ourselves to Christ, you know, we God is, you know, taking care of us from one degree of glory to the next, molding and shaping us into the image of who Christ is. And um and the thing that I love about it is that, you know, he gives us a choice as we see in Matthew chapter 20. These are choices that this is this is this is choices that he that these people made in Exodus chapter twenty. Um, um, yeah, sure, you sure you sure can. Matter of fact, go ahead and ask the question now, and um, and in a little bit I'll scroll back up and I'll see the question. Go ahead and ask, go ahead and ask your question. Um, but um, 
But again, um, you know, God loves us and he, and he cares for us and he takes care of us in such a way to where we are able to, um, to, as we're working for him, he is taking care of us. And in that, we, again, we, we pour out that love onto the, onto the world that we live in as we are serving our on masters well in terms of the people that we work for. And as a master of people, we are making sure that we're taking care of them because we know who's taking care of us. It, again, makes little sense to be in a relationship with God, but to have such a callous heart over people that we're in charge of. It makes little sense to be a lover of God, but to be so callous toward our bosses, to be so callous toward, you know, the people that we're, work, that we're working for. Again, it doesn't mean that we just, you know, let people walk all over us and, 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 and tear us apart. No, we speak when we need to speak. And we let people know, you can't just treat me like, you know, like garbage or whatever. But at the same time, you know, we allow the word, the, the word of God, the peace of God, the love of God, the patience of God, the kindness of God, the mercy of God, the long suffering of God um, to reside, to rule in our hearts, the self-control of God, the gentleness of God, the meekness of God to rule in our hearts in such a way to where we are making sure that the people that are in that we are in charge of are being taken care of, and that the people that we work for, that we are doing what they are asking us to do um, um, in, in such a way to where it glorifies God. We have to remember that God gives us a choice. In our free will, we have the choice to, to follow him or not. And that is indicative of being the higher hand of righteousness. Do we want to be in a relationship with God? Do we want to be a servant of God? Do we want to work for God? Do we want God to be our Lord? Do we want him to be our master? Listen, we got to call a spade a spade. We, we want so badly for God to be this Americanized, democratized slate, uh, um, serve, uh, 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 version of God in the Bible. It, doesn't, it didn't work that way, y'all. It didn't work that way. We're talking about a different time a different period, a different, you know, point of a different point of reference. We're talking almost three, four, five thousand years ago. It's happened. They happened. We, we cannot negate that. We, we can't dispute that. These things happen, right? But at the end of the day, they happened so that Christ could come. And as Christ came, you know, we, we you know, he had to go through a whole lot of stuff in order to get to where he is, to, to get to where he needed to get to. And so again, you know, we want to be so upset about seeing the word slave and, and those sort of things, and that's okay. I'm not knocking anyone for that. As the believers in God, it is our responsibility to know what these things mean so that we can understand and unpack, live in, and explain the character and the nature of, of God as it pertains to what we see. Once again, we can't take the verses of Exodus chapter 21 out of context and say that this is a prescription for slavery. So just like we can't take um, the, 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 the scriptures of Exodus, of, of, I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 6, Matthew chapter 20, and say, here's the prescription of, of slavery. We always have to ask the overarching question. What is God up to in this space? 
What is God doing in this space? And how is this a reflection of what he's up to? Because it's very easy to divorce scripture from itself and, and use these things as justification for the things that we want them to be. But the Bible is not about prescriptions. It is about God describing what it is that he was up to from Genesis to Revelation as he was undoing the, the, the undoing sin and death in the world and as such getting us to a place where we're able to understand and unpack the character and nature of God and be able to walk out a relationship with him and be able to better understand and explain it to those who, want, who don't know him so that they can get to know him and get to love him and honor him and treasure him and value him as we do. Um, and so again, that is, um, you know, that is what I'm so grateful for in this past, in these passages today to help me to understand that, you know, the type of God that we serve is such to where he wants us to have a relationship with him. He wants us to love him and wants us to honor him and wants us to treasure him. Um, and he wants to care for us and he, he does care for us. You know, it rains on the just as well as the unjust. Gifts are given without repentance. And there are a lot of people in the world who don't know God who are living pretty good lives, you know. And so even in that, God is taking care of them even if they never acknowledged him. Even if they never acknowledged him. And so I'm ever so grateful that he loves us enough that if we choose to become servants of righteousness, as he gives us the opportunity, replaces the heart of stone with a heart of flesh, you know, as he, as we are, you know, seeking God in his righteousness, all these things are being added to us. You know, as we press toward the mark of the prize of the high call in Christ Jesus, you know, God is taking care of us. He's doing so much more for us than we could ever imagine. Jesus, you know, God is taking care of us. He's doing so much more for us than we could ever imagine. And I'm not speaking from a prosperity point of view. Uh, because I do, you know, recognize there are a lot of people who do believe in God who are going through the struggle, going through the suffering and going through the pain. And so in no way do I trivialize that. Um, what I do, what I do say in light of all of that is that, you know, God loves us so much that he is ready and willing to be, you know, in lockstep with us and be in a relationship with us so that we're able to, um, you know, enjoy the relationship of God. Um, and enjoy it in such a way to where we're able all the more so that we can continue in lockstep relationship with him. All right. Um, so you are watching the True Gospel Ministry, uh, the True Gospel Morning Show. Um, it is a, a division of um, the True Gospel Ministry uh, right here on TikTok Live. Um, for right now, my, my um, signal is spotty, is crap. And so in a few minutes, I'm going to try to move to a different location to see whether or not that makes a difference. Um, but you are watching again, the true gospel ministry. Um, and I hope that this word is being, um, edifying to your souls on today as it was to mine. Um, give me one second. I'm going to move, um, really quickly, see if I can get us to some better reception. Cause I'm out here in these boonies. Um, and it was really hoping, you know, that I'd still have a little bit more, um, you know, good signal, but apparently we're moving into that time frame where we don't. Um, so I'm gonna move you over here now, see if that makes a difference. Um, so let's see, hopefully it does. Okay. All right. Um, so 
So again, welcome again. You've been watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. Um, um, you know, Floppy, if you still here um, and have your question, go ahead and type it down in the um, in the comment box below and let me know what you got going on. Um, but I'm gonna dig into these comments really quickly and see what's going on. Um, let's see. Okay. Let's see. All right. So Damien asks, what's on my mind today? Um, to be honest, man, um, you know, Hurricane Adalia just rolled through here. Um and um so right now my mind is just really on you know, the people who went through some really terrible stuff, um, like uh, in my town in particular, we've never seen a hurricane hit our city the way that it has. Uh, we've kind of been blessed the past couple of decades, actually, that every time a storm rolled through here, um, you know, we never got anything this bad. Like we just nothing, nothing this bad ever happened. Um, and so, you know, and so for a lot of us, um, we haven't really had. We haven't really had to deal with anything like this in a very long time. And so this is the first time that I've, that our, that my city in particular has had to deal with something of this magnitude and everybody's kind of lost their minds. Um, and so my heart's out to them today, um, you know, uh, and just praying that they are doing well and praying that they are able to um, get to a place uh, where their power is restored, their lives are restored. Um, like it was a really... It's really bad. Oh yeah, in my in my city, it was awful. It was awful. Everything, no power, flooding, um, trees knocking down power lines left and right. Like this, like if this wasn't a referendum on burying cable, like this was a referendum on burying cable, um, because like power lines were just destroyed, just 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 destroyed. I've never seen I've never seen cables looking like webs. Look like like big big almost cuss big what big spider webs in um in 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 just tangled up in the trees like it was a really really bad scene across the entire city um and so um so yeah we've never experienced anything that bad before um in a very 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 long time and so um just a lot of people are still without power a lot of people still without um you know, the daily necessities. And so my heart's just really out to them today. And so anybody that was impacted or affected by Hurricane Adalia, you know, we're praying for you um, and praying that God will continue to, you know, to to navigate your way through that mess. 
um, and that you're able to get restoration um, in all sorts of types of ways. We're praying that FEMA, you know, get their act together, do what they need to do, get people their money, all that deductible crap, like get that, throw it all to the side and just let people get restored the way they need to be restored. Um, and I sit and I see the gratitude because we were, we, the only thing we, me, my family and I were, were impacted with was just having no power. You know, our house was not hurt. Our, our things were not hurt. Um, you know, we were able to eat three square a day. Um, and you know, we were able to, you know, help others if they needed it. Um, you know, we were able to get everything that we needed. We got all the clothes, you know, taken care of last night when the power was restored. I mean, we just, God was just really, really good to me and my family. And so I sit in the seat of gratitude in a, and in a seat of um, solace today because it could have been a whole lot worse. Like I wish, I wish you guys could see, cause I don't want to mess up the camera. I finally found a good spot. Um, but I, but you know, if you go out in my backyard, you know, all the trees that were blowing in the wind, they kept blowing away from the house. Like if our house is here, the, the, the trees kept going in this direction the entire time. You know, they could have been going this way. They could have been going this way. They could have been going that way. They kept blowing this way every single time the wind blew hard. And when we came back after all of that was said and done, we looked and saw every tree that snapped in our behind our fence snapped behind our fence. It didn't snap into our yard and they were pushing away from the fence and not toward it. If people often ask the question, where's your evidence for God? Dude, there it is right there for me. I, I, if that ain't proof that God is real, then because other people's houses were destroyed. Other people's power was, is still out today. Um, other people were not able to have the things that we were able to have. And for me, that's all God, man. Like I didn't ask, I didn't deserve any of that. I was, I was um, convinced we weren't going to have power for three weeks. You know, we heard all the reports that were talking about, man, it's so bad out here. We may not get power back for two weeks, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, well, that means guess we chilling for two weeks then in, in the heat. It's going to be what it's going to be. We got a generator, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, so we were all prepared to be hunkered down for a while and God saw fit, man, the, the, where we never missed a meal. We were able to celebrate my daughter's birthday, you know, um, and celebrate it in good fashion. Like it was a really good time despite all the trials that we went through. Um, and again, what we went through is it pales in comparison. It pales in comparison. So for me, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And at the same time, um, praying for my brothers and sisters that they are able to get through um, the, the mess that they're in right now, because again, I don't, I do not, um, you know, I don't wish this on my worst enemy. Um, and so that's, what's on my mind right now is that I, I really hope and pray that they are able to get past and get through what they got going on right now, uh, what anybody's got going on right now. So again, if you went through hurricane Adalia and you're watching this live, I'm praying for you, praying for your, um, restoration, praying for your peace of mind despite the circumstances going on in your life right now and praying that God just continues to enrich your life and, and richly bless you in a mighty and powerful way um, to be able to get through the space that you're in um, and hope that, you know, God continues just to just, you know, shower his love and his grace and his affection and his tenderness and his care towards you and your families um, and get you um, back restored and get you back better than how you've ever been. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what's on, 
my heart, mind, my heart and mind right now, um, as it pertains to um, today, um, in particular. That's kind of what's on my mind right now. Um, thank you, Joy, for the follow. I appreciate that. Appreciate that so much. Um, let me see. I think whoever Floppy is um, went away. Probably, probably dodged a bullet on that one, to be honest with you, but, you know. Um, as I look at the comments, I see that a lot of people were saying that, you know, um, that they were up, that they, that, you know, that I'm endorsing slavery and that, you know, that God endorses slavery and that sort of thing. That's why I said from the very beginning, you know, and again, I'm not here to argue with anybody. You, you, you feel how you want to feel. I'm, I'm not here to argue with anybody. Um, but one, you know, that is the answer. That, that's the answer. Does God condone slavery? The answer is no. Um, a lot of times what I have discovered about, you know, when people ask that question, they already have the answer. They are. They already have the answer. And so they're really just asking the question to try to do a bait and switch. And that's that's OK. It's OK because um, I get it. I understand. But that that's why I say unless you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and you understand the gospel and Christ and what God is up to, you will not be able to understand what's being what's being written in front of you um because again you need all you need those three components in order to really understand and unpack the words that are that are written in the, in, in in that time frame and understanding the character and the nature of god as he's traversing as we are traversing throughout history um and so again i don't so i'm not knocking anybody for feeling how you feel if you feel like you know god's endorsing slavery then you know i can't I can't make, I'm not going to make you change your mind on that. Um, all I can do is tell you what I know and hope that you grow curious as I grew curious to understand and unpack it. It's very easy to do. Again, we have so many resources that are at our disposal and all of them are F-R-E-E, free. All you got to do is look them up, um, Bible Hub, um, Blue Letter Bible, um, both those are ec excellent resources um, to help us unpack these scriptures and texts that were, you know, curated by scholars who know infinity percent more than I do about this text and about these things. Um, and so, again, you, we have all these resources at our arsenal for every believer. We have all these resources at our arsenal. <sighs> I was talking to my wife yesterday about this, and I was telling her that for a lot for a lot of us. Our biblical illiteracy comes from a place where we have allowed um, we've allowed pastors and we've allowed teachers to become the, the the sources of our scriptural intake, our Bible intake. We relegate Bible time to church. We relegate Bible time to TikTok shorts to short videos. We relegate our Bible time to, you know, listening to someone else tell us what the Bible is saying. 
We don't devote our own time to studying the scriptures. We don't, we don't take the time to actually look and see what is it that God is up to in these texts. And so for a lot of us, when we divorce ourselves from the Bible, we divorce ourselves from the power. We divorce ourselves from understanding. We divorce ourselves from, you know, being in communion with God, being in communication with God and being able to really understand what he's up to and how we can see that happening in our daily lives from one degree of glory to the next. And so, again, it, it is imperative on us as believers to dig into our scroll, to dig into our text, to dig into the scriptures and be able to find a way to be able to really understand who God is and who, you know, who our, who our God is, right? Now, again, as I've said before, you have to have a relationship with God in order to understand the text. It's really that simple. It is really that simple because, you know, a lot of times we want to minimize and trivialize what the texts are, what the scriptures are. And we do that as a means of justifying what we want to believe about God, what we choose to believe about God. We want to minimize what the scriptures are. And that is, it's, it's unfruitful, but it's indicative of a heart. Jesus said it like this to the Pharisees, you know, you search the scriptures as if life is found in them, but all the scriptures are pointing to me who is life. I am life. The scriptures are not life. They're all pointing to me. Um, because um, G Squad is absolutely right. The Bible does, the stories in the Bible are all pointing to the same truth that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is King, that the God of the universe has created the path to communion with Him. And that is through Christ. It's not within. Because Jesus Himself, if you're saying Jesus spoke in parables, Jesus also said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man shall come to God except through him. So everything in scripture is pointing to Christ. But if we are so biblically illiterate Christians, and we don't know our Bibles, we don't know our scrolls, we don't know our texts, we're only looking to, you know, um, only looking to our pastors or looking to our teachers or looking to our scholars as a means of trying to understand and unpack texts that we are divorcing ourselves from the power that lives within us because the Holy Spirit rests, rules, and abides in every last one of us. Everyone who believes has the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is meant to take us to the scriptures, but that but take us to the scriptures, not so we can inhale and ingest and know a whole bunch of head knowledge. No, we're to read these scriptures so that we can see Jesus in them. Like, it is such a wonder and such a joy to be able to go through text and be like, dude, I see Christ in that. Dude, I see Christ in that. Dude, I see Christ in this. Like, dude, the, 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 you know, our minds are just, it can be just so blown away when we look into the text and look into the scroll and be like, dude, I see Christ in that. Like, dude, I see Jesus in that. 
I see the character and nature of the relationship between God and us. Like even in talking about what we talked about earlier and um, in our in our first hour about, you know, the whole issue of slavery in the Bible, like. When we look at servant, when we look at servanthood, the character and the nature of God is such to where as we are servants of righteousness, as we are slaves of righteousness, we are patterning ourselves out in the same way that Jesus did when he became a servant of righteousness to God, when he obeyed God and he counted, counted not our trespasses against us, but was obedient to Christ, God, obedient to God, even to death of a cross. Like, dude, that is so huge. That is so monumental that we get to partake in the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ by virtue of being a servant of righteousness and doing good with integrity, despite whatever outcome may happen to people with people who don't believe that the same type of relationship that we have with our managers, that we have with our bosses, that we have with our employers is the same type of relationship that we have with God. And if we if we and if we can see it, if we can see it with our spirit, see it with our spirit, if it revealed to us with our spirit, it allows us to have a deeper connection and deeper relationship with God. And that is what the Holy Spirit wants to do with us. He wants to show us these words, this word and be like, dude, do you not see Jesus in this? Like, dude, I'm trying to show you something. There is Jesus in this. Like, dude, to be able to see Jesus in the book of Exodus, be able to see Jesus in the book of Leviticus, be able to see Jesus in the book of Deuteronomy, those hard texts that don't nobody ever want to read is monumental, man. Like to see Jesus in all of the scripture is such a great divine joy. And it's in the scripture tells us to delight. If we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart, meaning he will give us more of him. The more that we delight in him, because that is our deepest desire. That is our deepest, uh, our deepest joy, our deepest passion, our deepest pursuit is glorifying God in everything that we say and everything that we do. That becomes when it becomes the greatest treasure, when our souls and our eternal will and our eternal purpose and our et- eternal you know, plan and our eternal um, destiny, when those eternal things, when the eternality of our souls becomes the most important thing in our lives, man, I'm talking about your mind will be blown away with the things that God wants to share with you, um, the things that God wants you to know. And so, again, I say all that to say, man, like God is just so freaking awesome. Um that if we ever take the time to really sit down with him, um, I, I've, I've often I've often thought this, and this is probably the first time I'll say it here on TikTok. But for those who don't have a walk with God um, and have all these different questions of the if God, then why or if God, then, you know, how come and things like that, I would challenge anyone because I this is what I do. You know, I would challenge anyone. Ask God. He's the creator of the universe. If anybody going to answer the question, surely it would be him. So rather than ask us, ask God. You know, Moses challenged God. Job challenged God. Um, you know, Gideon challenged God. Um, you know, Paul challenged God. So many examples of scriptures. David, David challenged God. Um, you know, and, and God was, was ready and ready to, to answer every question that they had. They might not have liked the answer he gave, but he answered every question that they had. And so I challenge people all the time, man, if you have a question or a, con- a concern, why not take it to God, man? Why not take it to God himself? 
because at the end of the day, like a lot of us, we have this tendency to to be so steeped in to our defenses, you know, the fragility of our um, rightness is such to where we won't allow anyone or anything to challenge what we know or to challenge what we believe to where we have internal, where we have dialogue with one another and internal dialogue with ourselves to say, I could be wrong. And so um, a lot for a lot of us, our tendency is to stay steeped in to what we know and to not seek the truth, to not seek understanding, to not seek, you know, to, and, and, and to not seek it from the people who actually know what they're talking about. More often than not, we, we, we seek knowledge in our echo chambers. You know, we, we don't look to people who ha- can actually truly challenge what we know and what we believe. And so, you know, we, we stick to our convictions and we sit in our echo chambers and, you know, we're quick to, you know, type our defenses up, you know, but we're rarely willing to have real dialogue with another person with the, um, with the intent of being educated. We, we already have our defenses ready. We already have, you know, okay, this is the, these are my text. This is my text. This is my text. This is my text. I'm going to use this. Da, 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 boom. And so when someone actually comes and says, well, you actually might be wrong about that. You may have it skewed a little bit. Like let's, let's, let's unpack that a little bit more. Ah, no, no, no. And, and so it becomes fruitless. It becomes a fruitless pursuit. Um, but again, at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I, I, I challenge all of us as believers um, to dig into our word and to really get a better understanding of the word of God and what it means to be a believer in him. Um, and um, as a result of that, maybe be able to find rest for our souls in such a way to where we're able to, um, you know, have a better a better, um, a deeper, better and deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, you're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy, Eddie D, right here on TikTok Live. Um, had to move my location um, just a little bit so that way we can um, make sure I have better reception because I think things are getting back to normal now um, here in these boonies. And as a result, it means that I can't have the internet the way that I want it. But we're going to keep on pushing anyway um, because God is still on the throne. He's still good. Um, and so, um, one of the things that I saw on, um, on, um, Facebook, um, yesterday, um, was this, um, this lady, um, uh, named Sexy Red has become like the, one of the hottest, um, you know, people out there right now in the, um, in the rap game or whatever, and, um, somebody was saying they can't believe that this is what, you know, our um, this is what we're, you know, endorsing now um, as the as the next hot thing. Um, and. Um, and. At this point, you know, I'm OK, so. I'm a 90s 
I'm a I'm an eighties baby. And as a result, like I remember when music was still good. <laughs> I remember a time when music was bomb.com. Um, I'm all about some music evolution. Let's let's call a spade a spade. I'm all about some music evolution. I'm not gonna not knocking anybody for reflecting your artistic creativity when it comes to the music that you create. And there is a niche for everybody. And I, you know, you, you nowadays you got to really dig deep to find some good music to me. Um, because lately what I've discovered is that as long as you can make a dope beat, as long as you can get a mass of following, um, as long as you say the magic words, um, people will hype you up and make you the biggest thing on earth. Um, as I was watching the BET award, the BET award um, highlights, a lot of people were saying the same thing. Like they just can't believe that this is what an award show has come down to, to where you just come how, however you want to come to the thing, you dress how you want to dress, you look how you want to look. Like it ain't even an awards gala anymore. It looks like we all go into the club, you know, immediately after this thing, this thing is over with. And it's just like, um, you know, that's what, that's what the world has really come to now, man. It's like, you know, it's all about, you know, the P word, the D word. Um, it's all about, you know, popping it, locking it, you know, sitting on it, all this type of stuff. And that's all that people really care to care about in the music. Now, like gone are the days where there was a variety. It seemed, um, it's like, you know, R&B is not what R&B used to be. Um, relevance, um, is simply a matter of being able to stay, you know, on the lives and being able to, um, again, amass, you know, followings and stuff. Um, even Snoop Dogg was saying in one of his, um, one of his interviews, um, I think it was about maybe six, uh, about, uh, about two or three months ago, he was saying, you know, people want so badly to get, a, um, streams on, um, on, on, on Spotify and Apple Music, but how is that generating revenue? Like, how is that generating revenue? Like, so it's like, you don't have to be creative anymore. You don't have to um, generate, you know, revenue anymore. You just, however many streams you can get. And of course, the media knows that. And that's why they're, they're like, I ain't got to pay them nothing because they're going to do what they want to do anyway. Um, and that means I get to keep money in my pocket. But then it's just like, you know, where's the money really coming from? Where's the money really going? Right. But that's besides the point. Um what we are seeing in, in my estimation is that, you know, people are more and more, more and more allowing their set, their flesh to be edified, their flesh to be edified. I want you to notice, notice the words I'm using. They're allowing their flesh to be edified more and more every day. Now, my wife and I said this yesterday. It's amazing how 2% of the population can own 98% of the microphones. Say that again. 2% of the population owns 98% of the microphones. What do I mean by that? I really do believe that there are a lot more people in the world and I'm and I'm just being I'm gonna be I'm gonna be as frank as I want to be. 
I really do believe there are more people in the world who think like me than think like most of the people who own mics. But the people who own mics are much louder. They're angrier. They're bitter. They're more sensual. They're more sensational. They're more controversial. They're more um, in your face. They're and they're louder than the people who think like me. And because what how how they just demonstrate themselves is much more enticing to the flesh. That is what you're going to see in your media. It's what you're going to see on your lives. It's what you're going to see when the reels are showing. Like I've never had to do so much work to try to get my algorithms to, you know, show me things that I want to see because the algorithms are built based upon, you know, what people's interests are. And you got to dig through all of that and sift through all of that and block all of that to finally get the algorithm to show you what you want to see. And if you're not careful, you will find yourself being a deer caught in headlights looking at something that is contrary to the algorithm that you're tra- that, that, what you want the algorithm to show you. And because you locked in on that one thing for however long you did, it now shows you five more versions of that. And now you got to beat that down. And so, um, so, so I'm saying all that to say that, you know, when 2% of your population owns 98% of the mics, it seems as though the majority thinks the way that the, the way that the way that the media is portraying those thoughts to be, but I'm of the mindset that that's actually not a reflection or representation of how we operate, how we're thinking. A lot of us are thinking, but who's going to pay attention to something like this? You know, thank God for the 2,300 likes that I've got today, and I thank God for the you know, seven or eight people that have been on this live the entire time. I really do appreciate y'all from the bottom of my heart. Don't go anywhere. Sit right there. Um, but, you know, who's really paying attention to the positivity, right? You know, unless we look a certain way, unless we dress a certain way, unless we show off certain body parts, or unless we talk a certain way, People are only going to pay attention to us for so long before they move on to the next thing. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've gone to another person's like live Bible chat and most of the chat are full of people who are saying, girl, you so sexy. Girl, you so fine. Girl, I love your eyes. Girl, I love your hair. Oh my God, your boobs and all this other type of stuff. And it's like, dude, like this is supposed to be a Bible channel. Like, why are you? But again, what am I saying? Like that is what the, the 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 ones with the loudest voices, and I'm talking fingers, you know, are the ones who are going who are getting you who are going to amass the most attention, you know. And as a result of that, like you know, that's what that's what the media is. That was what the the media portrays to us as if that is the reality, if that is the end all be all. And so I'm saying all that to say. You know, we have to be ever so mindful that we are not putting ourselves in a place where we feel like all hope is lost because it's really not. I'm willing to bet that there are a lot more people 
who think like me that are out there in the world than people who think like the world. Now, it's not to say that, you know, that we outnumber them. I, I don't think that. But I definitely don't think that the numbers are skewed in their favor the way that it seems that they are. It's simply a matter of us who have these platforms to use our voice to speak truth to power. Um, you know, it's the reason why I've revamped, you know, my platform so that I could be in a place to be able to, you know, give truth um, to you guys um, and be able to speak, you know, some truth to you guys, um, you know, every, ever, you know, every morning from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Um, in hopes that, you know, it'll inspire you guys to, you know, to move forward with where you are in your life. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of a muse of sorts. Um, something that I'm seeing a lot more of now. Um, and it's just really, you know, unfortunate because again, like I said, you know, um, it's just a reflection of where we are, um, as a people, but it's always been this way. It's just really just showing up in a way that has never shown up before because of social media and stuff. So, um, you are watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D uh, right here on TikTok Live um, with you guys for the next 20 minutes. Um, next week, I'll be able to be on live with you guys for the full two hours because um, I've moved my work schedule around. Um, and thank you for the like, Infinity. I appreciate you. Um, but I'll be able to have the entire, um, you know, two um, hours with you guys um, because I moved my work schedule where I have another um, and, um, we have, I'll have a whole nother hour before I actually got to go to work. And so I'm de definitely grateful, um, to have, to have this opportunity to be able to, um, you know, speak truth to you guys today. Um, let me get to get into these, um, see if there's anything in here. Um, let's see. Okay. Um, and so, um, so definitely grateful again, just for this opportunity to be able to speak truth to power on today. Um, and grateful that I've had this opportunity to be able to, um, just kind of sit, to sit with you guys, um, and share some truth with you all on today. Um, um, so let me know, um, let me know, you know, hit me down in those comment boxes. If you have any questions or concerns, um, you guys got me for the next 20 minutes. Um, I actually thought that my previous, that my original conversation was going to take a whole lot longer. Um, it ended up only taking 50 minutes, which is pretty good for me, um, to, to break down. Um, and so I thought I'd be on here a whole lot longer, um, and thought that maybe I would have a few different, um, types of comments and things, but all of them were kind of pointing to the same thing. Um, so let me know in that comment box if you have any questions or concerns, um, um, Infinity Beard, I'm grateful that God has saved you. Congratulations, man. Welcome to the family. I'm glad that, um, that you are, are now part of the kingdom that God took out that heart of stone, replaced it with a heart of flesh. And so welcome to the brotherhood. If you haven't been, um, already at this thank thankful that God has saved you, has redeemed you. Um, and so congratulations, my brother. Welcome to the family. Um, we're so happy to have you. Um, and so definitely grateful to God that you've been given this opportunity, um, to, um, to be a part of the kingdom of God with us. And so, 
um, thankful, um, thankful to God that he's giving you this opportunity to be able to, um, to, um, to be a part of the kingdom with us, man. Um, yeah, man. Um, let me see something real quick. No, I ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna do it. Um, yeah, but hit me down in that comment box below. Um, let me know if you got any, um, questions or comments for me. Um, again, I'll be with you guys for about the next about 15, 20 minutes. Um, so let me know if you got any questions or concerns for your boy. On tomorrow's um, live, I'm going to go through the parable of the unforgiving servant. Um, going to talk about um, um, talk and talk um, in depth about that on tomorrow morning. I'm definitely excited about that. Um, I was going to talk about it last week, um, but then the hurricane hit and everything. So I'm looking forward to having that conversation with you guys. Good morning, good morning, James Dean. How you doing? Um, and so I'm definitely looking forward to that on tomorrow, talking about the parable of the unforgiving servant and just going through the math. Cause I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a math, I'm a numbers nerd. Um, I love Excel for some odd reason. Like it just brings me joy to be able to work an Excel sheet. I do not know why, but, um, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. And um, as always, if you guys have any questions or concerns, but you don't feel like bringing them up here, feel free to DM me um, and uh, and I will, you know, take those questions under advisement. Um, I do not shy away from any question that is being asked. Um, and like I always say, I'm always reading every comment that you write. I just may not respond to everything that you say. Um, and so if you have a, if you have a question, um, that, um, that you have been thinking about, been pondering on anything that you may need prayer for, <clears throat> um, or you just, you know, just, you know, trying to get a better understanding. Um, and again, this is open to anybody, believer, non-believer, uh, feel free to hit me up in the comments. Uh, feel free to, um, hit me up in my DMs and, Rather than try to answer you right away, um, I'm going to ponder on the things that you said to me, and it may end up being a topic of conversation for the next live. Um, and so feel free to ask me um, in, um, in any way, shape, or form. Um, let's see. Do I believe in pre-trib rapture? So that's kind of a, um, a sticky widget for me. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure whether or not whether or not it is or isn't. Like I like listen when um them Left Behind books came out, I was all in. Like yeah, buddy, 
you know, and so like I'm so I'm not sure. I'm not sure um, whether or not um, whether or not that is the thing that's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I believe I be, I'm not sure. I'm not 100 percent on it. I'm not 100 percent on it. Um, and so that's something that I would have to go and like do some, just have to go and look and, and do some more research on it and things. I, 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 I will not um, lie. I am not really versed on the rapture itself and whether or not that's a, that's the thing that's going to happen. Um, um, but I do know that there are some people who are much smarter than me on it. And so I, I would need to go talk to them and ask them and get a better understanding of it. But, um, you know, I, um, let me see. Oh. Um, and so, so yeah, so for me, I'm not sure. I, I am not sure. Um, I, I am not, I am not sure at all. Um, and so that's, so that's what it is for me. That, that's what it is for me. I, um, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent, but I don't discount it either. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. So I'd have to go back and look um, and do some research. And so what I may do, what I may do is I will take that question. Um, and so um, so if you're not following me already, James Dean, follow me. I'm a proud member of team, follow back. Hit me up in the DMs um, and I will research that and, um, and I'll make it a point of conversation um, in the next, um, in the next um, maybe next week, um, sometime next week. Um, because again, I, I know a little bit about a little bit, but all I know is based on, um, is based on, um, based on the left behind books and based on, um, you know, things I've heard songs we've sung. I really haven't dug deep enough to know the answer to that. So I do appreciate you for, for asking the question. Um, Adonis asked, if black people go to white heaven to see the white God is now what? Um, I don't, I don't understand the question. What do you, what are you trying to say about that? Adonis? I'm not sure what you mean by that. I'm, I'm not understanding that. Um, so you have to give me a little more context than that. Cause I don't, I don't get the question. I don't get what you're trying to ask. Like what, like, what are you, what are you, what are you asking? I still don't understand what you're asking. Like what, what, what is, what is it that you're asking me? I don't, I don't get it. Like, what are you, what are you, what are you trying to say? Um, I don't, I don't understand that. Try one more time. Yeah, if, yeah, if James Dean, if that, and if that's the case, yeah, I mean, listen, Jesus said it himself. There's no rich, poor, slave, free, Jew, Greek. We're all one body of believers. And okay, so now, 
Okay. So I get it now. Okay. Thank you. See, thank you. Thank you for thank you for explaining yourself. So um in response to that, as James Dean is saying, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Um I understand. Let's call a spade a spade. I understand why some people have an attitude with God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because of how it was passed down to us in America, in black America. I understand it. You know, we were taken from Africa, brought here, and, you know, we were given a grossly, let me, I'm going to say this so freaking loud, I almost want to cuss. We were given a gross, gross, super duper, ultra gross bastardization of, the, of, of God. Gross bastardization of Jesus in 16, from 1619 to 1865. It was gross as hell, okay? So gross. The God that was given to black Americans, black slaves in America, is not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay? So, I do not prescribe to the God of 1619. I prescribe to the God who created the universe. I prescribe to the Jesus who was born approximately 2,000 some change years ago. That was way before 1619, way before slave trade, way before any of that stuff. Furthermore, some of our spiritual ancestors, our spiritual ancestors, right? Our spiritual ancestors were Africans. I'm talking, um, I'm talking Augustine. I'm talking, um, I think Horatio, Horatio, um, Horatius, I think, um, uh, and, and I gotta, and I gotta go remember, I want to get these dudes names right, because this is what I'm talking about, like, they were from Africa, our earliest Christian ancestors were not Europeans, they were not Europeans, they were Africans, and so, we got so dismiss me with this idea, and I'm, I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying it in general, but dismiss this idea that our Bible was written by white folk. They weren't. Our, our scriptures not written by white folk. Our scriptures were not canonized by white folk. They were canonized by a conglomeration of people from Arab, from 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 you know from the Middle East, from Europe. From Africa, we all came together to put this thing together, and as a result, we have this rich history that goes beyond 1619. Y'all, we gotta get out of this idea that our religion started in 1619. Dude, it didn't. It did not start in 1619. You gotta get out of that mindset. Because every time you get in that mindset, we're, we're divorcing ourselves from the God of the universe who created all of us, every last one of us. And again, we can't just pick and choose what verses we want to use 
to justify what we want to believe. Because again, those verses that were used to justify slavery in 1619 were gross bastardizations. And I'm saying that with anger because it really, it really frustrates me. Like those were gross bastardizations of those texts. So you can point the scripture that says slave, 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 slave. But and yes, those verses were used back in 1619 to brainwash people, brainwash us into thinking, well, if you're a slave, you're a good person in the Lord. That is not what God was trying to say. That is not what the scriptures were trying to prescribe. And just like we talked about this morning, that is not what God endorsed. God did not endorse what happened in 1619. He did not endorse what we went through till 1865 and even on beyond to Juneteenth. He did not endorse that. So no matter, you know, what verses you find, no matter what verses you find, you, you look up, none of those verses justify 1619. None of them. Because if it justifies 1619, then the same God of the Bible would have endorsed Exodus 2. When the Israelite nation was in bondage, enslaved by the Egyptians. If God endorses 1619, then he would have endorsed Exodus chapter 2. And he never would have got his people out of bondage. He never would have sent Moses into that world to get them out of bondage. So once again, you got to know script. You got to know the God of the Bible. It's not enough to just read texts because again, as I said before, these Bibles were not written with chapters and verses. They were written as whole texts. They were written as whole texts. And before and, and once they were written this whole they were written this whole text before there were any verses added, before there were any chapters added. And so you gotta read them in their totality and not just rip them apart to justify a stance. That's not the point of the text. It's not to justify points, it's to get to know God. But again, I'm saying all of that to say before you can even have a conversation, a real conversation you have to have a relationship with god because from to believer to unbeliever we're never going to accomplish anything because you've already made up your mind you've already made up your mind adonis and so i love you god loves you and wants a relationship with you but us going back and forth ain't going to make a, hit, uh, make a hill of difference. And so at the end of the day, you know, point to all the scriptures that you want. At the end of the day, God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And so he's asking the question, are you willing to lay down your argument, your justification, and give him a chance to show you who he really is. Because the God that you believe exists is not the God of the universe that you think he is. Your God is based on 1619 and African slave trade. Your God is way beyond that. Your God is way beyond that. And the way that those evil, can I call a spade a spade? Evil white men use those scriptures to enslave us was not what God intended. 
That was not what God designed. And the way they used those verses was a bastardization of the scriptures. And so you're right. That was messed up. That was effed up what they did. But it doesn't justify us now using that as an excuse to not worship God. Because we're, we're not going to have an excuse. He's not, he's, so now, because now that you know, now, now that you know, you, 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 I'm, I'm absolutely right. Now that you know, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Because again, yes, it happened. All right. It happened. Oh, it happened. But what are you going to do about it? Are you going to stay angry with God? You, are, you gonna, are you still going to be angry with him because of what happened back in 1619? Like, again, you, you believe what you want to believe. But at the end of the day, these things happened. What are you going to do about it? And so, again, you can have a relationship with God if you want to. And Nokios, that's what's up. I mean, hey, I'm not. I, hey, come, welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show, bro. You don't have to. You ain't got to block me. I love for you to stay. You, I'm not telling you to go nowhere. Y'all are welcome. Please come. Please stay. You ain't got to go. Please stay. Um, but again, I'm saying all that to say we cannot use 1619 and what evil men did to us in 1619 as an excuse to not follow God because they did not give us Jesus. They gave us a, they gave us a, an agent of control. And that's not, that's, I'm not, well, you know, I, 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 I get, I, maybe I'm a, not, that's, I'm not, well, you know, I, 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 I get, I, maybe I'm gonna say it like this. That's not fair to God. Cause that wasn't what he endorsed. He didn't condone that. And just like we're, we're free from that. Exodus chapter two, God heard the cries of his people and said, I'm getting them out of bondage. I'm getting them out of bondage. And again, like I said, you know, take it all the way back to the beginning. King James is not where the scriptures began. So again, no, it doesn't start there. You got to go further back than that. You got to go further back than that. That's all. That's all, that's all I'm going to keep saying. Go further back. King James is not where the scriptures began. You got to go further back than that. And the way that these um, texts are being um, translated nowadays, like they're translated from the original text, not from King James, but from the original text themselves. You've got to go further back than that. Our religion doesn't start with King James. Our religion doesn't start in 1619. Our religion doesn't start in 300. Our religion starts further back than that. You've got to go all the way back to in the beginning. In the beginning. And so again, I say all that to say, I love y'all. I love you, Adonis. I, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for everybody who's come on here on this live. You know, um, you know, I pray that God continues to edify us, to, 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 to enrich us, to encourage us to continue to walk with him. I thank y'all for, you know, for your viewership today. I thank you guys for, um, 
for um for the uh 2400 likes that i got today thank you for the follows thank you so so much for all that y'all have done today you guys have been such rock stars in my book i really appreciate y'all continue to pray for those who are going through um hurricane adalia and the after effects and impacts of that um and continue to just uh you know uh pray to god that he showered on his love his blessings and everything else in between to us all i love you guys I got to get out of here because I got to go to work. But as I always say, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.